That's really lovely to be here with you this evening. Thank you so much for your invitation to share about the work of Messianic Testimony. And um, it's good to be with you this evening. And thank you to my friends as well from my home church, Ballykeel Baptist, Jacqueline and her husband, Rowan, uh, for doing the driving this evening. Um, I probably wouldn't have the energy to speak if I'd done that two-hour drive by myself. So big thank you to Jacqueline and Rowan. So I'm going to start this evening by sharing my testimony and really just introduce myself to you and share how I came into the work of Messianic testimony. So I grew up in um, Tullymore Forest Park just outside Newcastle, County Down. My dad worked in the forestry service all um, his working life. So we lived in one of the forestry houses just on the edge of Tullymore Forest Park. And it was a lovely place to grow up. And I praise God for the place where I grew up and for the family that I grew up in. And I thank the Lord that as a child growing up there at the foot of the Mourne Mountains, I knew that there was a God because of the upbringing that I had. I knew that God existed. I didn't know him as my personal saviour, but um, I knew that he existed. And when you live there in such beautiful surroundings, you can't but think about God when you see the mountains, the sea, the trees and nature. It's just so beautiful. So uh, as a young child, uh, we received the local newspaper to our home, it was the Morn Observer. And at that time, the evangelist, Derek Bingham, was living in Newcastle and he had a children's page in the local uh, newspaper. And I remember my sisters and myself, we loved the local newspaper, in particular the children's page in the paper. I was really captivated as a young girl, by the stories about the Lord Jesus, by the beautiful illustrations that we had to colour in. And we all got excited every week when the newspaper came to our home. So that was my introduction to um, Christian things, was through the newspaper. And I really wanted to win a competition. I wanted to see my name in the paper, but I never seemed to be able to win um, uh, any of the little competitions that Derek Bingham had for the children. But we all knew where Derek Bingham lived. He had so captivated um, our attention. So I decided one day to take my entry to Derek Bingham's door. And I thought maybe if I knock on his door, he will give me a prize. So anyway, I, um, that's what I did. And as soon as the door opened to his home, I was completely petrified. I just lost my nerve completely. And didn't know what to say and I was brought into his office and he was speaking to me and I had no idea, no recollection really of what Derek Bingham said to me because I was so scared actually um, standing in his office. But the Spirit of God had begun to work in my life as a young girl. Just I was really interested in uh, the Bible. I didn't have a Bible, that was one of the reasons why I couldn't win a prize because I didn't have the Bible to look for all the answers. But anyway, that was the beginning of um, my introduction to uh, the Christian um, way. So I, after that, um, 
introduction through Derek Bingham's ministry in Newcastle. I just forgot about that and went on with life and eventually went to America when I was in my early 20s. And by this stage, I was really, really searching for something worth living for. That was sort of at the height of the troubles, sort of middle of the troubles here, and I just wandered away from Northern Ireland. So I went to America with a friend, uh, another girl from my hometown, and the plan was that we would just spend the summer in America and then return to Northern Ireland. But at the end of the summer, it was 1986, and I still had this emptiness um, in my heart and real searching, and I wasn't happy, and I thought, no, I don't want to go home to Northern Ireland. So I contacted my parents and said, I'm not coming home. Of course, they were really concerned and said, if you're not going home, you need to go and stay with relatives. Don't just be hanging out with your friends there in America. So my, my own parents in Ireland contacted my relatives in Potomac, Maryland. And that was my dad's brother and his wife. They were both from originally from Northern Ireland, but they had emigrated to the States. So I ended up moving in with my aunt and uncle who lived in the state of Maryland. And um, my aunt May, unknown to me, had become a Christian. She was from a similar background as myself. And in America, she, she had put her trust in the Lord. So every morning when her husband, my uncle Desi, would go to work, it would just be Auntie May and myself. And she was a real homemaker and we would have breakfast together every morning and then she would open her Bible and say, I really want to read the scriptures to you. And this was when I really began to feel that the emptiness was slipping away whenever my aunt started to read the scriptures to me and tell me the stories from the Bible about the Lord Jesus. And my Aunt May had such a love for the Lord. She was just very vibrant and full of um, the love of the Lord. And although she was a housewife and didn't go out to work like her husband, anybody who came to her home heard the gospel. And I was one of those people, um, lived with my aunt there for a couple of months. My relatives helped me to change my visa status so that I could stay in America for a few years. And uh, it was really through my aunt's witness every day, um, reading to me and explaining the way of salvation to me, um, that I came to know the Lord. And one thing that I was really concerned about when I was growing up was, what, what will happen to me when I die? I had no assurance of where I would go. And my aunt explained that very simply, you trust in the Lord Jesus, ask him to forgive your sins, he will come into your heart, and he will forgive all of your sins and take you to heaven when you die. And it's, the, the message of the gospel is so simple, and yet it is so true. And I knew when my aunt was explaining the way of salvation to me that this was truth, even though I hadn't studied it for myself in the Bible. Uh, it just sounded so true and so real. Um, as I say, the, the emptiness just slipped away whenever she was speaking about Jesus. So I asked the Lord um, to come into my life to forgive my sins and to be my saviour, very simply, with a very simple prayer that my aunt had written out for me. And 
that was in September 1986 in America and life changed for me dramatically because my, I started to go to a Baptist church with my aunt every Sunday and my introdu introduction to the Jewish people also came in those days when I was in America because my aunt had a great love for the Jewish people and the Baptist church which she attended with her husband it was a really huge um, facility. Um, they rented their facility to the Jewish community. The believing Jews would meet in the same building on a Saturday, and the Baptists would meet there on a Sunday. So my weekends were very busy in those years when I lived in America because my aunt took me to the, the Messianic Jewish congregation on a Saturday, and then we went to the Baptist on a Sunday. So for me, it's always been the way that if you're a Christian, you're interested in the Jews and you're concerned about the Jews and you know uh, the need among the Jewish people. That's how it was from the very beginning. So I praise the Lord for those days. And actually, I went to Israel for the first time in 1988 with a group of 500 Messianic Jews who were all going to Israel from New York, from the East Coast of America, New York and Maryland. And it was a really amazing time for me, an Irish girl among all of these Messianic Jews all going to Israel. And it was a wonderful time. And I was actually baptized in Israel in 1988. Uh, one day the pastor um, on the bus explained that if, if you have put your trust in the Lord Jesus, the next step is baptism. So I understood that that was the next step for me, just very simply, and got baptised there. And then um, came, eventually came home to Ireland uh, after a few years in America, and Faith Mission Bible College over in Scotland for a couple of years, and then over to Russia for the last 27 years. And when I went to Russia, I went... Uh, as an associate with Messianic Testimony. Messianic Testimony were going into Russia at that time, reaching out to the Jews in Russia. Um, and so I was with a Jewish mission, which felt really, it felt right to me um, that I would be reaching out to the Jew first there uh, in Russia. So I praise the Lord for all the many Jewish people who I met in those years in Russia. And um, I'm back home now, and I'm still working with Messianic Testimony now in Northern Ireland as their representative. Um, and I'm really glad to be still in the work uh, which focuses mostly on reaching out to the Jewish people. So um, thank you for singing that beautiful hymn at the beginning, Psalm 122. It was just really lovely to hear that. And I'd like us to open God's word now and we'll read that psalm together. So Psalm 122. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord.
For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, Peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Amen. And David wrote this psalm. He loved the city of Jerusalem so much. He was glad and he rejoiced when he went to the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. And there are some beautiful names for the city of Jerusalem that we read about in Psalm 48. The city of our God, the mountain of his holiness, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion. On the sides of the north, the city of the great king. Beautiful names for the city of Jerusalem. And we also read in Psalm 48, verse 8, about the city of Jerusalem. It's the city of the Lord of hosts, the city of our God. God will establish it forever. So we praise the Lord for this uh, beautiful reminder in the Psalms of the city of Jerusalem, which is so important. Um, and I'd just like to share with you some thoughts about the city of Jerusalem, because I really believe that's where our focus should be today. As we come out of the pandemic, get our lives back uh, to some sort of normality, our focus should be on Jerusalem. So just some interesting facts about Jerusalem. During its long history, Jerusalem has been attacked 52 times, captured and recaptured 44 times, besieged 23 times, and destroyed twice. No other city in the world has such a history as the city of Jerusalem. It's one of the oldest cities in the world. No other city in the world has been captured, recaptured, destroyed, and rebuilt as often as this city. And in Genesis chapter 14, we first read about the city of Salem, ruled by Melchizedek. The Hebrew word Salem means peace. And Salem is most likely to be an ancient name for the city which became Jerusalem. And from Genesis to this day, the city of Jerusalem remains. The name Jerusalem means city of peace, even though Jerusalem has known very little peace in her long history, possibly only during the time of King Solomon was there a time of peace, a period of peace in Jerusalem. And in Joshua chapter 10, we have the very first specific reference to Jerusalem. In this chapter, we read the account of how the Israelites, led by Joshua, captured five cities, one of them being the city of Jerusalem. And from then on, Jerusalem dominates biblical teaching. 
In 2 Samuel chapter 5, we read how David was king for seven years in the city of Hebron. Then he decided to move the capital to Jerusalem. And from the time of David, Jerusalem became the royal capital. The political, economic, religious, social and cultural centre of Jewish life. Jerusalem is superior to all other cities in its influence and importance in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Jerusalem is the centre of God's redemptive plan. Jesus was born a few miles outside this city. Jesus died on a cross just outside the city walls and from there he rose again. The Lord Jesus is coming back again. Where will he come to? He will descend from heaven to the Mount of Olives, just outside the walls of Jerusalem. And we as Christians have largely forgotten our responsibility to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, the most important city in the Bible and the most important city in the world. And we're clearly commanded here in Psalm 122 to pray. So we need to be praying and focusing on Jerusalem, the land of Israel, and the Jewish people who live not only in Israel, but all around the world, and be praying for the salvation of the Jewish people. It says very clearly in Romans chapter 1, um, verse 16, to the Jew first. Uh, Our priority as Christians should always be to the Jew first. So that's really my role now uh, as a representative for Messianic Testimony is to remind Christians about our responsibility and that we would have our focus more on praying for the peace of Jerusalem and praying for um, the salvation of Jewish people in Israel and around the world. So uh, since I've come home from Russia, one prayer group has started for the work of Messianic Testimony. It's just a small group of ladies who meet together to pray for the, Jew- the salvation of the Jews. So my vision would be for people here in Northern Ireland to be praying uh, in your daily prayers and as you come together as a church, remember the Jewish people um, and pray for their salvation. Not long ago, uh, um, Holocaust Memorial Day was celebrated here in Northern Ireland on the 27th of January. But that was a terrible time in the history of the Jewish people. But sadly, the future for the Jews, if they don't come to Christ, is more horrific than the Holocaust. That's another reason why we need to be praying that they will come to faith in the Lord Jesus. So when I was um, preparing to come here today, I did a little bit of research because it's an amazing truth that the Jewish people are a people who wander. And I'm sure you've all heard the expression, the wandering Jew. Um, and I was reading recently in the scriptures about Moses, um, who, who described himself as a stranger in a strange land. 
and he named his son Gershon, um, which means a stranger in a strange land. Moses himself um, put into a basket, cast out onto the river, rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in a palace in Egypt. And then when he um, witnessed uh, a, f- a fight uh, among um, Egyptians, he, he murdered a man. And then the Jews, the next day, he saw some Jews fighting and he tried to intervene. And they said, who are you to um, tell us what to do? You, you murdered a man. So Moses ended up, um, this man who became a great man of God, he was cast out into the wilderness, into the desert. And um, he's an example of what it's like for Jewish people all around the world. It hasn't changed since the time of Moses, the life of the Jewish people. They are scattered around the world. And one of the reasons why they are scattered is because they have rejected the Lord Jesus um, as their Messiah. And um, I mentioned this because um, I, I did a little re- bit of research, a little bit of reading, and it's amazing the history of the Jewish people in Northern Ireland. Although they're here in very small numbers, they are here because they're scattered all around the world. So I read an, an interesting story about a man. Um, his name was Otto Goldberg. I believe his last name was Goldberg. And he grew up in Vienna during the Second World War. He was a well-known sportsman. And as a young man, all the Jews in Vienna were rounded up and he was standing in a line of Jewish men who were being sent to the concentration camps. And he noticed that the Nazi soldier who was standing in front of the line was a boy that he went to school with. So he was brave enough to step out of line and speak to that Nazi soldier because he knew him. They'd been to school together and now they were enemies. So this man, Otto, stepped out of line and the Nazi soldier was very angry and told him to go and stand with his face against the wall. And Otto thought this was the end, that he would be shot. And he could hear lorries passing and hear the people being um, sent off in the lorries to, to the camps and he thought that he would die. But... The Nazi soldier came up to him and said, get away, get out of here as quickly as you can. So the the Nazi soldier, because he recognised him and they'd been to school together, told Otto um, to uh, make make an escape. So he did, and Otto had a sister. Her name was Frida, and Frida was living in a strange place called Londonderry. And Otto thought that Londonderry was a suburb of London. He didn't know anything else. So he ended up coming to Londonderry and lived here and worked in uh, a factory. Uh, I think it was Faulkner's Shirt Factory in Londonderry after the war. So actually Londonderry was home to a small community of Jews Uh, from the 1800s, the late 1800s, um, 
on, there was a small community on Abercorn Street, Hawkins Street, and near the city walls, the Jews lived. So not so far from where we are today, there was a community of Jews. And that man Otto is just an example of um, the, the lives of Jewish people that get cast out from one place, move on to the next. Um, and we, we have a responsibility to pray for those who live among us, even though they may be very small in number. We can be praying for the Jews who live in Northern Ireland. At that time, when the synagogue in Londonderry was at its height, there were about 100 Jewish people uh, attending the synagogue. And then there was also a synagogue in Belfast. The synagogue in Londonderry closed, I think it was 1947. And um, just because the community had moved on. But um, they are living uh, among us and they are around the world and we need to be praying for their salvation. So I just wanted to share um, that story with you about one man who found his way to Londonderry. And what is happening in the world today, people are so focused on what President Putin is going to do. Is he going to invade Ukraine? Is he not? And the Jewish people who live in the Ukraine, uh, I think there's about 15,000 Jews still in the Ukraine. Now there's the big question coming among the Jews who live there, is it time for us to move on? Should we be moving out of the Ukraine to a safer place? And the Jews don't always go to Israel. Some of them have relatives in other parts of the world and they'll go maybe to where they have family or connection. So they're on the move continually around the world and they could come here again uh, because they know that Northern Ireland has a history. They know that some of their um, ancestors uh, lived here. So, um, and the situation in the Ukraine, the... the Jews may move out of the Ukraine, some of them to other places. Same situation in Russia among the Jews. This whole turmoil in Russia and Ukraine could move more Jews out of Russia as well to safer places. And um, another thing that uh, I read recently in the Jewish Chronicle is Israel is very aware of all the maneuvers of um, Putin in Russia and the Ukraine and Israel is asking the question what are they doing here they're not so concerned well they are concerned obviously because there are many Jews in Russia and the Ukraine but Russia is also making manoeuvres in the Middle East they're increasing their um, aircraft their air force are doing manoeuvres in Syria and that concerns Israel not so much, well, it concerns them what's happening in the Ukraine, but Russia's making moves also in the Middle East. So that's not heard about, we don't hear about that on the news, but it does concern the people who live in Israel. So we need to be praying um, for the Jewish people, and a very simple reason why we need to be praying for the Jewish people is, maybe you're sitting here thinking, well, why? Well, everything that is precious to us has come to us through the Jewish people. The Lord Jesus was a Jew, and he lived among the Jewish people. He lived there in that land. 
And the scriptures have been given to us, uh, passed down through the ages, they've been preserved and for us by the Jewish scribes who faithfully wrote uh, the word of God down. So we have it today uh, as we know it in the Bible, thanks to the Jewish people. We have a lot we owe them um, to be thinking about them on a daily basis and to be praying for them. Um, we have a responsibility. So that's why I wanted to draw your attention to that verse of scripture to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I would like to see a lot of prayer groups established in Northern Ireland, Christians praying for the Jews. That would be the desire of my heart. So and I praise the Lord for one group that has started. And if you're interested in having a little prayer group for the work of Messianic Testimony, um, you can pray and ask the Lord about that. And I have literature here, which is on the table. You might have seen the literature uh, on your way in. Please help yourself uh, on your way out this evening. There is a prayer letter that I wrote, uh, I think it's over a year ago now, so some of the news is maybe a little bit out of date, but um, this was the letter I wrote when I came home from Russia and I knew that I wasn't going back to Russia. One of the reasons was my mother um, took a bile cancer, she had surgery to remove part of her bile uh, several years ago and I just felt that it was time for me to come home and help care for my mum who trusted in the Lord before she died and uh, it was wonderful to um, see my mum who, who was becoming weaker and weaker every day with cancer but the light uh, of the gospel was dawning on her heart and she changed. I saw my mother changing and it was just amazing. Salvation is of the Lord. He does his work in his own time. Uh, it was just a joy to see my mother trusting in the Lord before she died. 